0: Our spiritual gifts class through Immersion Discipleship School. This is session 10 called Walking in the Spirit. Now, as you remember, we've gone through so many things now at this point. We've talked about the foundation of spiritual gifts, the source, the substance, and we've also talked about the ministry, manifestation, and motivational spiritual gifts, the various gifts, various categories of gifts. As we've gone through all that, I want to close our session by talking about what it means and what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. Now, we just kind of see from Scripture that really manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, exercising the gifts of the Spirit, it really is going to take us learning how to be led by, directed by, filled with, and really overflowing with the life of the Holy Spirit, which is why we want to focus on it in our last session. Now, the Bible actually uses the term walk, which is what, what I'm using in this session, as a metaphor. It uses it several different times throughout Scripture. I just want to throw out some verses at you as they use this term for walking out the way of life for, uh, Psalm 26 verse 11 says but as for me I shall walk in my integrity redeem me and be gracious to me O God Proverbs 8:20 says I will walk in the way of righteousness John 8:12 it says Jesus spoke to them saying I'm the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in darkness in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 Uh, Paul says, Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. The biblical writers use the term walk as a metaphor for talking about the way of life. And when I say walk in the Spirit, we want to do the same thing. We want to talk about walking by, living a way of life, where, we, where we're consistently and constantly being led by the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 gives us some of this conversation that I want to bring up as a, as a primary text for what we're going to be looking at today. And this is what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. The Apostle Paul writes to the Galatian church and he says, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, you should just underline that verse. You should memorize that verse. You should repeat that verse. You should pray that verse. It's one of my favorite verses. He says, I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. If we learn how to walk by, being led by, influenced by, filled with the Holy Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh we all hate the flesh we all hate the works of the flesh so we will really want to learn how to walk by the spirit and he goes on to say for the flesh sets his desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy Outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And Paul, he's talking primarily to Jews who had come to Christ. They had believed on Jesus for salvation, but they were not living by the Spirit in keeping with the salvation that they had received. And that's what the letter to the Church of Galatia was all about. He's basically saying, you've received well, you received Jesus Christ, for salvation, for the forgiveness of your sins. And uh, who bewitched you? Because now you're trying to continue in what you've received by grace through faith, trying to continue by the work of the flesh rather than in the spirit. And this is what he kind of gets to is the principle about living by and being led by the Holy Spirit. And this relates to us really on every level. As we've been focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, learning to exercise what God has given us, it really is from the Holy Spirit. It's His gifts, it's His ministries. And we want to learn to take His leading in the life that we live and that become... A way of life, we get roped back into living our own way for our own purposes, for our own selves. And what we want to do is constantly renew ourselves to the life of the Spirit by walking in Him. As it pertains to the gifts, I want to talk to you briefly about how we grow in our gifts. You want to discover your gifts, you want to develop your gifts, you want to deploy your gifts or exercise them. But how do we grow in the gifts that God has given us? And I want to give you a couple. Uh, ways of looking at that. And the first way that we grow in our gifts is introduction. And this means that we're introduced to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In some way, shape, or form, you have been introduced. It could just be that this class was your introduction, or it could be that maybe you went to a church and somebody started talking about it. You had a conversation with a person. You watched a video. You listened to a sermon. You were introduced in some way to the gifts of God. And this is what inspired or began to start your journey where you wanted to learn more and know more and maybe seek out what God has given to you. But that really is stage one. Stage one is introduction. Stage two is information. This is where we go from what we've just now initially learned or been introduced to, to learning about the gifts by scriptures and teaching and we're really kind of in a pursuit. Learning means that you've subjected yourself uh, to the more about a particular subject or topic and you wanna learn more about it. And so this is information. We go into this information stage. The third stage is demonstration and how we grow. We observe the gifts. We see people function in them. We see people do things that they couldn't do unless it was the Lord. It inspires us, it encourages us. And we see this, and it's a demonstration where it causes us to hunger for the very thing that we see in others. We see a person doing what really God has given them to do, and it causes us to hunger for the very same thing. And so this is demonstration, and we see that at church or among friends or among people that God is using, and, and, uh, and they are walking out a Spirit-filled life. Uh, stage four is application. This is where we pursue the gifts, not just the learning about the gifts, but we pursue the gifts themselves. We learn to pray, we listen, we journal. Um, we talk to other people about how it is that we go about stepping out and we start to kind of step out ourselves we apply ourselves in small groups in church in ministries or whatever we're involved in we start to apply whatever we have learned and the fifth stage of development for growing in our gifts is what i call integration now we go from introduction to information to demonstration application and this is integra- integration And this is where we take risks this is where we just live our life in a way that's spirit-filled spirit led we exercise the gifts of god that we know now that we have again i said you discover you develop and you deploy we're in that deployment stage integrating that into our everyday life not just in a church building not just around christian people but everywhere and anywhere that we go we are taking greater and greater risks in the hopes that we might see greater and greater rewards to the glory of God for His kingdom. That really is what we're desiring. We want to be used of God for His glory. And the gifts of God reflect Him. They speak about Him. They show off His goodness, His character, His power, and His nature. And so by walking in the Spirit, we wanna know how the gifts of God grow in our life. And these are the various stages that I have seen that people have or go through as they learn about the spiritual gifts. Now, you need to know where you're at. You might be in introduction phase, information you're just learning about. Maybe you're in demonstration, you've kind of sought a little bit more. You're seeing that around you and that might happen simultaneously. Or maybe you're in application stage. You kind of know what you have, you've gotten to that place, but you really want to know how to apply it to your life and you're starting to do that. And there are the rest of you, you, you're at integration. You're like, I have applied it and I do apply it sometimes, but I want to learn how to live it as a lifestyle. And that is where we're all going, is to live out what God has put inside of our life as a way of life. This is what we're after. And so you reach this last level and really you stop growing if you don't start integrating the the gifts of God into your life, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. If we don't integrate as a way of life, what ends up happening is we we want to go learn a, a little bit more about it. We want to learn by getting another book or listening to another sermon or hearing another teaching. It's like somehow we need a little bit more Uh, or better teaching, or better examples, or better book, or whatever, like we don't have the keys that we need. No, the keys that we need is to step out. The keys that we need is to take a risk. The keys that we need is to exercise what we have. If you don't exercise what you have, you can't just go and learn more and then expect that learning more is going to cause you to know more and step out more. You've got to step out, and so integration is such a vital stage, and really it's what we're after All together. And I want to give you just a few principles that I believe will help you walk in the Spirit as a way of life. And the first principle is this you have to exercise the faith that you have. I want to say that again. You have to exercise the faith that you have, the faith that you have right now. Now, there's this uh, passage of scripture I want to share with you where Jesus is in a conversation with his disciples and he's actually talking to them about forgiveness in this particular passage. And the disciples listen to Jesus. And their response is in verse 5, Luke 17, verse 5. The apostles say to the Lord, as they've listened to him, they say, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and and it would obey you. And there's this principle that Jesus gives when they're listening to his teaching about forgiveness, really any spiritual principle, they automatically think that they're not, they don't have enough to do what Jesus is saying. They're saying, Jesus, in order to do what you're saying, I've got to have more faith. And Jesus says, no, no, no. In order for you to do what I'm saying, you've got to exercise the faith that you have. And if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could do great and mighty things. And this is a bit of a reversal from the way that we typically think. We typically think, if I get more faith or I have get more of God, then and finally then I'll be able to step out and see great things happen. And Jesus says, no, if you step out, then you're going to see great things happen because it takes faith to step out and you only need a little bit of faith. What if it's just a little bit of faith that will be the catalyst for somebody else coming into a relationship with God, somebody getting healed by God, somebody getting a word from God because you were the conduit that became a catalyst for somebody else receiving. And all it takes out of you and all it takes from me is just a mustard seed of faith. And we're looking for more. We want God to give us more. And when he does, we'll finally step out. But the Lord is trying to shift that perspective to exercise the faith that we have right now. And I would tell you, you have to stop thinking that way and you have to start thinking, if I just do something, if I just do what I know, if I just step out with what I have, God will move because I'm giving him something to work with. And this is really a spiritual principle that I see and continue to see time and time again. Do you have enough faith to pray for someone? You know, do you have enough faith to respond to God when he's, and maybe there's an altar call and you just have enough faith to stand up when somebody says, if you would just stand up tonight, you'd get healed. I've actually seen that happen. One time I gave an altar call and I said to the congregation, I said, I just believe right now that if you have enough faith to stand up, In the midst of your pain and your suffering, your physical ailment, I called out some physical issues. A person, there was a person in the congregation, the auditorium that stood up and they were like a marathon runner. And the minute that they stood up, like fire went down their body, top of their head to the bottom of their feet and healed them. They had had an accident. They were not able to be running for the last couple years and they all of a sudden got healed and they could start running again. They started running marathons and God did that just because they had enough faith to stand when some preacher said, if you stand, you'll get healed. It was a mustard seed of faith. They really didn't seemingly do a whole lot, but they did enough for God to have something to work with, and out of that faith, God began to move. Remember, I told you that we exercise spiritual gifts by faith, not how we feel, not just what we think, not when we get it perfect, when we get it perfectly right, it's, it's by faith. I've got enough faith to step up, to speak up, and to step out, and that's where we need to live, and that helps us to cultivate the kind of life where we're walking in the holy spirit most of us spend our lives believing for the inevitable but we really truly need to contend for the impossible we need to truly contend for the impossible principle number one exercise the faith that you have principle number two is obey right away obey right away when you're learning to be used by the spirit you need to remember this because god will often whisper things into your heart, and as he does that, you need to respond right then, because that that moment of opportunity might be gone right after, you know, you just walk away, and often God will give impressions, or he'll give us a sense, or a burden, and we're in that moment, we're in that circumstance, and if we leave that moment, we may never get it again, and so we have to learn to obey right away, and not not kind of be hesitant or reluctant and just respond, even if we're wrong or even if we feel like this is God, but we're not sure, that's enough to know right there. We've got to obey right away. and We obey what we believe God might be saying. We obey what we believe God might be leading us to. Jesus never rebuked anybody for having too much faith. right he rebuked people for not having faith and so for us to be people that feel like or sense or think that god is calling us to do something if we step out in that i mean on on a scale of one to ten if it's like you know a one to four we step out on those daily type of things we'll see god do great and mighty things sometimes what i do is i pray before i do a service and the lord will give me like several words of knowledge and every single time i do that i write down four or five things I just prayed for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, and I write down these things. I share them before I preach. And every time I do that, I see somebody respond. And it could very well be a life-changing experience because I really just stepped out and obeyed the Lord by not only praying, but also saying it. And the Lord wants me to obey right away. There are times where I'm preaching or times where I'm just walking into a store and the Lord will as I'm looking at somebody, the Lord will whisper into my heart, I want you to pray for that person or I want you to stop preaching and I want you to say something about this, or I want you to say something to that person. Whenever I do that, whenever I obey right away, I watch great fruitfulness come as a result of it. This is what it means to walk in the spirit. We prepare to the best of our ability, but you can't prepare for everything that God wants to do in a day. Nobody hears God God perfectly, and we need to know that as we live the life that that we live, we go where we go, we do what we do, the Lord will give us holy interruptions And in order for us to see those manifest to the fullness that that they possibly could be, we have to be able to stop. Jesus stopped for the one, and we need to learn to stop and obey him right away. And we'll see great and and mighty things happen. The Holy Spirit will prompt us. And uh, I believe the blessing of God is on the other end of our obedience. Who knows what's on the other end of our obedience? Who's waiting on the other end of our obedience? for God to move and come through. We don't know, we're just gonna see great things happen as we do that. And the last principle that I wanna give you about walking in the spirit is pray and fast. People ask me, why don't we see things happen in the church? And one of my answers is, are you praying for those things to happen? Are you fasting, are you asking God, are you seeking Him? for revival for your church or for the church at large or for your region, for your city, for your home, for your neighborhood? Are you seeking God and fasting in prayer? Because we see in scripture that when people prayed and fasted, God began to move. It's not like strong-arming God to do what we want Him to do. It's beseeching God. It's crying out to God to do what the Bible calls us to be a people that we're, we're about those kinds of things. And we know that the Father endorses his sons and daughters, when they're about the kingdom business. We know that. He said to to us to make disciples and to teach people to obey what he commanded. And he said, and lo, I am with you until the end of the age, which means that God is with us in the mission. He is with us. He has confidently assured us that he will be in the midst of us making disciples and teaching people to obey what he taught us. And baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. As we seek to do the work of God, we can be sure that the presence and the power of God is available and right with us right then. And we need to learn to be people that pray and fast and seek Him and His presence and power in the midst of what it is that we're doing in the life that we're living. In Acts chapter four, verse 29, we see that the believers had just been persecuted. I believe it's Peter and John. They had just been persecuted. Um, They were in jail are imprisoned for just a period of time and then what happens is they end up getting out and they're rejoicing with the believers and the believers are fasting and praying that peter and john would be released and we see this uh, uh play out in con- in conclusion in acts chapter 4 verse 29 it says this and now lord take note this is them praying to god take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence While you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. God filled them with the Holy Spirit and power, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Isn't that amazing? And that all begins in a prayer meeting. As they're praying, as they're seeking God, as they're fasting, they're asking God to pour out His Spirit. They're asking God to heal. They're asking Him to perform signs and wonders. They're asking for this to happen, and the Lord fills them with this Holy Spirit, and it says as a result of them being filled that they spoke the word of God boldly. And that means confidently. They were, they were persuaded, even though opposition was at hand, they were persuaded that this was their, what they were supposed to be doing in life. This is what they were called to do, and they confidently, boldly, you know, they were uh, with freedom of speech, they spoke out in the name of the Lord, and they saw God do great and marvelous things. If we never shared the gospel and, uh, and asked people to give their life to Jesus, would we see people get saved? If we never shared the gospel and we never asked people to give their lives to Jesus, would people get saved? It's an interesting question. I mean, this, I believe that we would see people saved as we preach the gospel because we're commanded to. As we invite people to come to know Jesus and make disciples, we'll see people say yes to Jesus and follow him. And I believe prayer is asking God to do what we cannot do, supernatural things by the power of his Holy Spirit. We need to pray and we'll see God do stuff. We need to invite people to to meet Jesus and share the gospel with them and they'll meet Jesus. If we don't pray, we won't see things happen. If we don't preach the gospel, we're not going to see people get saved. It's really that simple. It's not rocket science. I think there are times in the Gospels where Jesus did something for no other reason than a person asked him to. James says, you have not because you ask not. If we're going to live by, if we're going to walk in the Spirit, we're going to live by the Holy Spirit, we've got to be a people that pray and fast, and when we pray and fast, God will fill us with power. He'll fill us with the Spirit in ways that we otherwise would not be filled, and we'll see mighty signs and wonders. Prayer is asking God to do supernatural things. We have not because we ask not. We see the power of prayer is incredible. I once heard somebody explain electricity this way. You know, we all have have a meter, an electrical meter that's connected to our house. We have an electrical panel where the power from underneath or, or outside, power comes to our house, goes into our electrical panel, and from our electrical panel our house is wired. All of our plugs and switches and appliances and all that stuff is wired from that panel, but the power source that comes into that panel it carries with it electrical current, it carries power with it. And as it that power goes through all of the copper wire, it goes to each socket, each switch, it goes to each outlet, the power goes, the electrical current is live, it's living. And so it flows one, from one to another, you have a load and line. And so it goes in one wire and if it doesn't get used, it comes out the other wire and it comes all the way out to the panel again and then it goes out from your house and then it goes out to another house. So whatever electricity comes in your house, it flows in, and if it's not used, it flows out to the next house. It goes from one place to the next place to the next place, from one outlet to the next outlet, from one switch to the next switch, from one light to the next light. Electricity has to be used or or it flows, it's a current and it keeps moving. And I heard somebody explain that one time where they said, that's what the power of the Holy Spirit's like. The power of the Holy Spirit is available. He is moving. We're always connected to Him and we can exercise the power of the Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit that we've been given. It's right here. We just plug in and power comes. But if we don't use what we have, we're not going to have what, we're not going to see that happen. And so what we have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to come in and flow through. And as we do that, we're going to see that the electrical current, like a river of living water, will keep flowing through our life. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. It's what it means to live by and filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37, speaking of the Holy Spirit, He said, rivers of living living water will flow out from your innermost being. And it says, this He spoke about the Holy Spirit that they were soon to receive. Rivers, when they flow, they give life to the banks, vegetation and and trees and all that are on the banks. Rivers flow out, they give life, they sustain, they keep us, uh, water keeps us alive. That's what we are. We're rivers of life that flow, and we see that's the life of the Spirit. I really don't believe we ever get to some like spiritual place. I believe what we get to is a place of dependence, a place of surrender. and The more we're connected to, according to John 15, the more we stay connected to and locked into and the more we abide by, the more we surrender to and we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit, the more of His life, the more of His power, the more of His gifts we see flow through us like a river and that river just expands and expands and expands and begins to wash out over the banks of of our life and really touch people and places everywhere that we go. This is what we're after. When I talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit over these last several weeks. We've talked about so many things. We talked about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Have you been activated? Have you truly been baptized by the Holy Spirit? Have you received your prayer language? Have you begun to prophesy? Have you, have you, have you sought manifestation gifts? You know, Paul said to the Corinthians, I've said this to you before, but he said, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, but especially that you might prophesy. What I want to ask you is, have you earnestly desired spiritual gifts. What does that even look like? Have you earnestly desired spiritual gifts? Have you gone after? Have you sought? Have you prayed for? Have you truly desired the benefit that God would bring through you to other people? It's not a selfish thing. It's that you want God to flow through you so He'll touch other people, He'll bring life to other people. Have you earnestly desired spiritual gifts? And what that looks like is not just having a great church meeting. What that looks like is having a Spirit-inspired lifestyle where the Lord can fill us and flow through us, not just at church, but anytime, in any way. And this is what we want to cultivate in our life. We want to cultivate a lifestyle where this is possible, where anything is possible. The, Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. Well, my question is, to believe that believe what? What do you believe? Do you believe that God wants to use you? Do you believe that God wants to use you anywhere, any day, at any time, in any way? Do you believe that God is sufficient by his holy spirit to use you in any situation to bring about a solution change transformation or release a gift in that in that circumstance i believe that and that's what all things are possible to them that believe it's not that we just think kind of in a nebulous way that god can do anything we know that he's able we know that he's willing but are we willing that's really the question are we willing to step into the midst of someone else's circumstance because we're living that kind of life and bring with it what God has given to us that might bring solution to their situation. That really is the question, and earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. And we want to discern, or, or we, want to, um, we want to understand what gifts that God has given us. We want to develop the gifts that God has given us. We want to exercise the gifts that God has given us. And I would tell you that in a cyclical way, we also want to earnestly desire. We want to continue to desire, because you may have learned about the gifts, you may know what gifts you have. You may have exercised them in the past, but you have to maintain a desire for what God has given to you to exercise it constantly and consistently. And I want to encourage you to do that. And that looks like you getting before God and asking Him to move in your heart, asking Him to move in your life. And the Lord will do that. He meets those that are desperate. He meets, that, he meets those that are desiring. He meets those that are asking, requesting, and inquiring. We need to be those kind of people. I encourage you to be that kind of person. I wanna be that kind of person. Today, as we close our class, I had something really, really simple. Walk in the spirit, develop a way of life that is spirit-filled, spirit-led, where the gifts of God can flow through you regularly, consistently. That's what I have to share with you, some principles that I bring to you. Exercise the faith that you have right now. We need to obey right away. We need to pray and fast, and we'll see God do great things. But let me encourage you to not stop here. I want, even though we've gone through these 10 weeks, there's still a lot more for us to go. Dig down deep, develop what you have and exercise it. The world is waiting for us to bring our A game, so to speak, for us to step up and speak out. You are carrying something for other people. You are, you are carrying something for other people. And if you don't think so, you need to have that mentality, the mindset that God lives in me and he wants to flow through me. I encourage you to carry that kind of mindset because with it, you'll see a fruitfulness from it as a result of it. Let me pray for you guys as we close our session together. Father, I thank you for these last several sessions. I thank you, Lord, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for ministry gifts, manifestation gifts, motivation gifts. You've given us these gifts to glorify you. You've given us these gifts to strengthen your people. And I ask, Lord, for everybody taking this class that's watching this right now, I pray that you would inspire and instruct I pray that you would encourage and equip. I pray that you would touch and that you would train every person, that we would walk in the Spirit, that we would live life where we are filled and flowing with the power and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. God, would you help everybody to discern what you've given us, to develop it and to deploy it. That's what we want. Get us to a place where we're integrating what we now know with the life that we live. We thank you that you're leading us to walk in the Holy Spirit, We thank you today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us for spiritual gifts class. I look forward to seeing you at one of our other classes. God bless you.